0: Okay, I don't know if the recording is working up the stuff, but this is Jim the Keys, bartender. How are you today? It is a little muggy here. Uh, we are down in the home stretched the wife and I, into making trips up to uh, Miami to the M- Miami Cancer Institute. And the funny thing—it's not funny—but uh, with everything being so accessible with the gig economy and having uh, being able to order things online, being able to get things delivered to you that you've never really thought about getting delivered before. Things you normally would go into a a store for. Retail. We got really used to retail. A lot of people don't... This is going to be short history lessons, but when... The consumer economy really kicked off in the 1800s, in the late 1800s, post Civil War. Before then, you had general stores. They had some department stores, I guess, but by and large, most people here, at least here in the United States, they get their things from a general store or through traveling. Uh, the further you went out on the frontier, more likely to have someone come along with a wagon full of home goods and things they would sell to you, and you just pick the things that you want. They'd have certain uh, fabrics for dresses and clothes and all this stuff. That was it. You could go to a store and order it maybe, but it wasn't as accessible as it was. I mean, the the myriad selections really didn't start uh, exploding until... The late 1800s, and that's with uh, Montgomery Wards and Wells Fargo, who was a big the de- delivery company, but Montgomery Wards, J.C. Penney's, and Sears and Robux. I think Sears and Robux was the first big one. And that was the catalog one, and I discussed on one of my episodes that Sears and Robux was uniquely qualified to be able to Exist in the on the Ethernet, on the Internet. They had a distribution system. They had a catalog system. Where even when the Internet wasn't clearly defined, when people didn't even know what it was going to be back in the eighties, they didn't know it would become this with the processors coming up. They didn't know people would be able to look at a picture of every anything that they want to look at. They they didn't envision it to be a company like Amazon, where you can look for a pair of black sneakers and have your choice of 200 black sneakers. Different styles of solid black sneakers. I'm just picking the sneakers, but there's tons of other things. There's draperies, plates, cups, uh, lights, electronic goods, everything. So when we went full circle... So you had to go, uh, most people um, would start looking at the catalog. Once they realized they had a selection, they look at catalog, the order, and it'd take weeks for the item to come to them. And then the concept, as we went to the 1900s, the concept concept of the department store. Especially in uh, you know 1930s, you had the five and dime, and all these things coming back in department stores where people have selections. So there wasn't just a couple dresses you could pick from. There was a myriad of dresses you could drink, a whole bunch of different ones, different types of pants, different types of suits. You know, there was pretty much, uh, in the 1800s, you got a gray suit, you got a black suit, maybe a blue suit, I guess. That was it. And then they came out, and there was, you know, more and more selection, and people were used to getting their selection, going to department stores and things like that. Now, down here in the Keys, we're, we got used to that, uh, having to go to the mainland to get things. But then, once again, the rise of the internet. And more things are available. Almost everything's available. All you need is your necessities. You need egg, milk, bread, vegetables, fruit. You know, any unique things, if you're going up to the mainland, you can stop and get that. And that's what we were doing today. The one thing you really can't get down here is they don't, there are, the the supermarket we have is very nice, but there, we don't have access to like a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. There's a new one called Sprouts. Sprouts, yeah. Nice place. You know, they sell bulk items. They sell a lot of organic Things. For people have a health conscience, you know? And it's like the buy the bulk items are nice, you know, when you want to buy granola or something like that. So you're not buying it's all this packaging. You know, think of all the packaging you go through just for you get a, a pack of Pop Tarts. You really can't slap a pack of Pop Tarts in a bag, loose Pop Tarts. But yeah, the the bags, like cereal. Does cereal need to come in boxes? Really? Need a bag of them. We could pretty much do the containers things and all that, but that's neither here nor there. Whenever you go up to Miami, the thing is nowadays, it's like, oh, let's go and take a look at here, let's see what's on sale. Blah blah blah. If you're a shopper, and the wife is a shopper, so we went up there and checked out this new place, and it is. Phenomenal. But then we're looking at it. It's early in the morning. There's no one there. We say early in the morning. It's around quarter of nine, maybe 8.30. And down here at our supermarket, is really busy. And I was trying to wonder, I was starting to think, why wouldn't a brand new supermarket with all these wonderful things be uh, busy at that time? Why would there only be like five, six people in there? My wife informed me it had just opened, but normally when something opens, it gets real crowded. And when asked one of the managers, where is everyone? He says, oh, we get a lot of people, most of the people from the Keys. Yes. So they built a supermarket about two miles, uh, about three miles up the, uh, off the overseas highway as you go into Uh, onto the mainland. It's kind of like a Whole Foods. So they couldn't, you can't get a Whole Foods because of the population down in the Keys because Whole Foods just needs a larger volume. Needs a larger volume of people that are willing to pay the prices that they ask for for their items. So what they figured out is they put it on the mainland close enough to the Keys so when people come off close enough to the turnpike too. So people could just stop and get their stuff, or if you need to get it delivery, it made a lot of sense. And that's the way people make decisions about department stores, right? You got you can't necessarily put a big target, the department store, on a place that just has ten thousand year-round residents. They need a little more than that. They need you know they need to have access to a certain amount of people. And what they do is they put them right in line with the main thoroughfare leading out, and that's the best way to do it for the Keys. Because if you put it, they have an outlet mall right at the top of the Keys. So when people need to go someplace, they go right to the outlet mall. They got a Walmart about a mile into the mainland. It's not because you put all your department stores on the edge of your, you know, edge of your state. It's that that's why people from the Keys, they come in. They're going to get everyone in that in that general area. And it's pretty crowded on the mainland. But you also get everyone from the Keys. Anyone has to go to Walmart, they're going to stop at that Walmart. We're going to stop at that BJ's, stop at that Costco, stop at that Best Buy's. Right there, right there at the entrance. Makes a whole lot of sense to me. I enjoy it. I enjoy that. Kind of planning. And people down here, they always pine. There's always a group of people that pine. They go and see, oh, that store closed down. It'd be so great if they can open up this store or that store. And I said, wait a second. People don't do it on a whim because there's an empty spot. They're going to put your store in there. They're not going to stick a Walmart there. They're not going to stick a Target. Matter of fact, at our shopping plaza here in Key Largo at the top of the Keys where they have a Publix. They used to have a Kmart. You know, Kmart's virtually gone now, right? So with this, the, um, the Kmart closed and the Kmart was in the largest space than the Publix. And Publix decide they're, they want to move over there and now they're going to have the empty building where the Publix is. Now, do you get that? Instead of having, you know, people are going to start seeing it built and they're not. some people aren't going to know that they're building the new Publix. They're they're moving the Publix across the street. They're going to think, what is it going to be? They're going to be building this. And they actually started construction on the inside of it. I guess they're gutting it, making sure that they have the right amount of Uh, Space in the back for the butcher shop the bakery and all that stuff and making all the necessary floor floor adjustments I mean it's just an interesting way to view things like that it's just it's just kind of similar to someone in the um, limited dating scene down here if you're an avid listener show you may have heard years ago that people say hey listen you know, in terms of dating and stuff like that, you don't lose your chance, you just lose your turn. Meaning, if you're not dating someone, you'll get another opportunity because it's a small place. People think when someone's available, they think, well, okay, I'm going to give my best shot down here. It's not like the big city. Big city, everyone's, there's too many targets available. You know, and they concentrate. If you listen to... Uh, What was that movie? A Beautiful Mind. The Russell Russell Crowe and Jennifer, what was her name? Not Jennifer Garner, but the other Jennifer with the dark hair that's in the Tom Cruise movie. And I will remember her name eventually. But in A Beautiful Mind, the scientist, he's a mathematician. I think he's a mathematician in it. And he's telling a group of friends they're hanging out at a bar And he's kind of an antisocial person with some severe psychological problems, or delusional. He has uh, he hallucinates a lot, or has delusions of you know fictitious people talking to him. And he starts writing up a theory, like the chaos theory, on what he became famous for. What the mathematician became famous for, and they used it for. uh, I think they used it for everything from cryptology for you know understanding code code breaking to chemistry and his idea was that when a group of girls walk into a bar this is how he came up there's one very attractive girl and it's let's say there's one very attractive girl and you have a group of guys and all the guys are focusing on the young on the one girl and they all get obliterated going after the one girl. They cancel each other out. And his theory was going after, the, I think, if I remember correctly, the second one. You know, you just have to give, you have to give, one person has to not go after the one girl. Which is kind of like one of those agreed tactics that you know when you go out with your group of friends the guys say listen this, I'm like this one you like that one um, we're going to go and see now in the old days of dating and stuff like that we'd approach a group of, of women and we'd see who likes who you know we wouldn't ask but you say you just go up and you see who engages you the most in the, in the conversation. So, but there's always people down here. What I was talking about was when someone that is down here and they're available, everyone seems to pour in to them. I've seen multiple, multiple people. They come in and they um, go through partners like uh, they're serial monogamists. I was a serial monogamist. It's one of those people that are always dating somebody. In in an exclusive relationship for a couple months. We don't get exclusive relationships down here for um, businesses. I mean, you get long-term businesses, stuff like that. We have restaurants that come in here, and they come and they go. Um, There's a couple fast food restaurants. They They make commitments to stay down here. They make a commitment. They make special plans. Like when the... Not to bore you with... Minutia, but McDonald's comes in, they built a small McDonald's in Key Largo because there's one in Tavernier, which is 10 miles south. And they make that primarily a drive-through restaurant with limited seating inside. Because they realized through market research that that's the one that would best be supported when they make money. There has been at our shopping plaza right outside an Arby's. And it must be a corporate store. Because I don't know how a privately owned franchise would be able to survive there. There are times where I don't see. I see two cars there. It's open. So one of the cars, those two cars could be employees. As a matter of fact, on a busy day when I've been there, on a busy day when there's a lot of traffic on the road, I've been in there and there are Uh, Could have been upwards of seven people in there for fast food. And it's been open since I've been here 15 years. 15 years and the other places have opened and closed. We have three mattress stores in town, three physical mattress stores. Now, I don't know about you, if you're able to think about this, but the one thing they're selling online and Shipping and things like that a lot of these days more so than anything I have to say are mattresses. they sell them like crazy you get a better deal and stuff like that and people go to mattress stores and stuff like that I think they go to mattress stores to find out the mattress they want and what kind of mattress they want and then they order it online I don't know how you make money three mattress stores in a in a town that has 10,000 residents, and when I say 10,000 residents, you know, a third of those residents aren't in town full time. And the vacation, I'll tell you, vacationers are not coming down and say, hey, listen, well, honey, when we're not snorkeling or fishing or out drinking, why don't we go mattress shopping? Really? I, I don't get that idea that you know, the the newest, you know, someone sees a building or sees a lot of land and says, we're going to build our building here and it's going to be a mattress store and we'll be successful if we have five cars come in every day. I mean, that's what it seems like. I rarely ever see two. Now, Starbucks, which is right next door, that always makes a lot of Starbucks, it's crazy. Who would have thought that just selling coffee just selling coffee. And now I know they sell other things. <clears throat> they sell smoothies and cookies and sandwiches, but primarily, I would wager that 80% of their sales is the, of the liquid libation type. And if someone told you we're just going to have coffee, someone said we're going to build a store. It's just going to sell coffee, not donuts, not this, not that. Dunkin' Donuts probably thought you're crazy. Good luck. Good luck probably. But I'll tell you, you see it right there. You see it at, at, when you're in our um, neck of the woods. And there are tons of people going to Starbucks. You know what? They know where the kind of coffee they get. They know how they want it. They right, can order. They're paying 5 to $6 a cup. I mean, see, I mean, I have no idea what the profit margin is there, at least 500%. I mean, the last laugh is on them, isn't it? As it turns out, Starbucks is one of the, they're going to decide soon if their bathrooms are going to be open to the public anymore. Imagine that, you sell coffee, and coffee has a diuretic, making you have to go to the bathroom. And you're not going to have a bathroom open to the public. Good luck. I can understand you're having a hard time to find employees and stuff like that. But you know what? That bathroom is key. That bathroom is key. And if you take the bathrooms out, then Dunkin' Donuts will say, Hey, listen, we'll just put bathrooms in our stores, start selling better coffee, and we'll just make welcome everyone to the you know." You're just going to have to figure out a way to clean that bathroom, because you're losing employees. I imagine you're losing employees probably from having to clean up the messy, horrible bathrooms. It's the worst duty, no pun intended. The worst duty, the wor- the West. the worst duty in the service industry is policing and cleaning restrooms, but it has to be done. And I get that. I don't know where I got there from there, but we started talking about stores and what people sell and how they sell it. Like fish restaurants. Fish restaurants. Seafood restaurants. That makes a lot of sense. We're in, on an island. It makes sense. People come in here. You've heard the questions. You know, it's the name the name of the restaurant I work at is the catch restaurant. There's a big mahi with a a gaff hook in it, in its head, a brightly colored one on the front. People will walk by, see the sign, speak. Be native speakers of English. It sounds like at least, and they'll ask, "Do you serve seafood?" And, I mean, I they could think it's the catch, meaning, like referring to baseball. Or a dating site, you know, that person's a real catch. But I said, no, the catch refers to seafood. And yes, we serve seafood. So you got to have seafood uh, restaurants. So we were driving, the wife and I are driving around and stuff like that. And we we're looking at things and we we're reminiscing about some great restaurants. And we people ask if we're on the water and we're not on the water. But there's not a lot of restaurants. There's even though there's a lot of coastline here, there's not a lot of restaurants on the water. And uh, they should be thankful for that because once something goes on the water, there's a premium price that goes onto it, onto like uh, every item that you're paying for. And it's not because it's on the water, it's because it's a prime uh, piece of real estate. And you better make a lot of money while you're there because otherwise you could just sell it. That someone wants to develop and get your quick million dollars. Right? Considering all the parking and shit like that. Yeah, and there's parking that goes around. You got to make lots of money. And the closer you are to the water, the more precious the parking space and the land is, and what you got to pay for the land and taxes and things like that. So we're driving by, we see one of these restaurants that we used to work. I actually worked there short. Time it was called the Mandalay and it was right on the ocean, right on the ocean, beautiful, open, um, north and south. at clear views they had maybe there's a key out there, and something you'd see a key out there about a quarter mile, but it was just a beautiful view of the Atlantic going out to the Caribbean. And it's been closed since, uh, or closed in torn up right after Hurricane Irma 2017 so five years and no one came in and decided to build a restaurant there. They had the land. The problem is they've only had I think they only had about 25 parking spaces. they'd have to get some parking across the street which is a small street but that that could be one of the reasons people don't automatically put restaurants in, and and someone suggests, well, why don't they put that Italian restaurant there? They're looking for a new place. It'd be a great place to put Italian restaurants. So, you know, there even though there are some Italian restaurants on the ocean in other places, an Italian restaurant is not necessarily the one you want to put on the ocean. I'd put primarily a seafood restaurant. Not that Italian restaurant couldn't be a seafood restaurant. But... It's just one of those things you just don't see. It's not primarily putting an Italian restaurant with outdoor seating. Unless it's in a place like New York with a kind of a cafe type type seating. But when they put it, they'll put a seafood restaurant there almost always. Now we got a couple, we got one uh, or two steakhouses in town. We, we actually, wait. yeah, there's a couple. Like you go to a place, there's a, a place in Ta- Tavernier called uh, Dylan's, Kind of like a, a pub restaurant. That's more steak. They do, every place does seafood practically. And then there's another one called Ziggy and Mad Dogs, owned by a former football player. And they do great meat there, steak. But it's neither one or on the water. It's just one of those things. If you're gonna have a seafood restaurant, yeah, you can charge a premium by doing it and putting it on the water. I myself, I don't want to get anybody pissed off. But I'm not I have used to be a lover of seafood. I'll eat some seafood, I eat some I like clam basket, I like some shrimp. I like a fillet of mahi. I'm not a big fan of the grouper and yellowtail. For some reason, it has a smell and aftertaste. Of light, the, le- the, the lighter textured fish has more of a taste to me than the heavier texture, like, such as mahi. I don't get it. I just seem to like mahi more. And that's not as good a fish, even though the prices are kind of at a premium right now. So you always have to think about placement when you talk about business and stuff like that. Like, just like our, uh, we have a couple um, hardware stores here. Hardware stores are immediate. Are immediate. Right? When you need something, most of the time, when it comes to hard work, you need it today. If you're planning a job, you could order, yes, you could order online, get everything you want. But, A lot of times you need to go and get it the day of, especially for the home builders um, or the home builders, people that work, do the maintenance at at their own, uh, on their own. So they're not, they're not super responsive on putting restaurants here and people get some weird ideas of what they think. You know what would be a good place down here? A place to sell consignment stuff. They could put all their art and all that stuff in consignment. You know, I'm telling you, in it, we're approaching a, a, a recession, right? Right now, if you're going to do something, I would build. I would not build a high-end restaurant. I would build a low-end restaurant with a high profit margin, right? That's the one thing. I mean, I'm telling you, and and lunch places, maybe you know, service tourists down here. The hardware store kind of makes sense, right? I wouldn't open up another hardware store. There is a new hardware store opening up in Tavernier, or not Tavernier, Isle Mirada. So yeah, hardware stores are really the shit down here. That's you. You'd be surprised that when you you when you really need a hardware store how great it is to have some near you when if you live in a city or something like that you don't really maybe appreciate it as much we live in an apartment building where you know you have a super that fixes it everything well listen i'm gonna wrap this up i'm getting close to 30 minutes i'm still i i am completely switched over to anchor right now i actually changed my rss feed that's the feed that sends the podcast when it's recorded to it. I just switched it to Anchor today. I must have had like 40 text messages or emails from the company about transferring all my episodes. Yeah, you know they're all gold, aren't they? I'm just kidding. They're not all gold. But uh, yeah, they were coming back and forth. And I guess they use contractors from other countries because uh, some of the things were lost in translation when I'm, I'm using some, if I'm using a lingo, like, hey, listen, tell me when you're all set and then I'll re- use a redirect feed and they're like, have no idea what I'm talking about. I have to be literal. I have to say, once you complete the project, please inform me of the requirement that you need me to put a redirect RSA feed to send all my new episodes to your Platform instead of said, Hey, listen, when you're done, could you tell me? Because I'm gonna put the RSS feed in and they just they're just not getting what do you mean done? It's not done, and uh, there's all sorts of minutiae that goes with that. And um, I'm also uh, in the works of creating another podcast that won't take away from the quality of this show if there is, if you think there's any quality on this show, but um. It's, called, it's going to be called Conch Chatter. Chatter. I mentioned the thing. And I started, I created, I built the website. And you know, it's funny. I used the template for podcast, And it already had some verbiage in it. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to do one podcast tomorrow. Because it says I'm going to start on Tuesday. Because that's the message it said on the template. But then again, I don't have any of my phone numbers and stuff like that on there yet. But, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta record this. Um, I got to record an episode. Now, I'm just thinking through. It's going to be news, straight keys, No, virtually maybe not observation and things like that, just stories and news and events and things like that. Kind of like a radio show. But more interesting, and you're able to say, "Fuck." You now, I'm trying to tell those guys, man, you know you don't necessarily nowadays, people are probably when, they're, when they get in the car, people put on their um, you know their, their, their cell phone and they play their playlist, or they can listen to their favorite podcast. It's the way of the future building radio shows and stuff like that. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. We, we, Hey, you know what? We listened to radio when we went up there, too, when we were going up to Miami. I'm sure we're going to be listening to radio tomorrow, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, too. But that podcast thing, it's going to bite you in the ass. I'm telling you, everyone, I'm telling the people down here that doing their news shows because they're doing news shows for Keys, and people are going to say, well, I can listen to the show on... You know, this show on this radio network that streams online too. Yeah. Or I can just listen to this podcast called The Keys Chatter. That's released twice a week. And we go in depth. Maybe get a good show. I could do an hour-long show. I could do ghost stories. I could do ghost people stories, ghost tourist stories, ghost fishermen stories, ghost fish. I said fish already. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I could do anything. And it's not just ghost stories. So, a lot of weird stuff down here. Just trying to figure, just trying to figure this shit out. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. I will be back in, I don't know, maybe tomorrow. Most likely Thursday. I'll talk to you later. Bye.